Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me today is Mike. How are you doing today, Mike? My stress levels are starting to rise, because this oh, is, yeah? like these are the last couple weeks for really for fantasy to get things ready before fantasy playoffs. Like this is, this is crunch time. So my stress levels this weekend were, I noticed a lot higher because I was in for a time, I was in a very close game um, that I ended up winning by a lot, but it was close for a while. So I feel like every week I'm going to be feeling the stress a little bit more because we only have a cup. I think we only have like what, four weeks left before the playoffs for fantasy, something like that. Uh, three, three weeks. There you and go. then first week of playoffs. Week. There you go. See, that's three three more weeks of, well, if I lose, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but I got to get my placing to if I lose, I'm done. I mean, <laughs> so you, you did uh, you did clinch a playoff spot last week, so. Yeah, I feel good about that. I'm going to the playoffs. Um, I, you know, I've got another game I should win this week but you never know uh, and then I've got a couple really tough opponents to end the regular season so it's going to be interesting I really want that number two spot in our league that's key to, to place at least first or second is going to give a much weaker opponent um, than than placing third or fourth will so it's going to be it's going to be our fight right to the finish yep and our trade deadline is in two days. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'm expecting a lot of deals um, from myself or others. I've done quite a bit. I mean, there's one there's one thing I'd really like to do, but I don't know if it's going to happen. It's uh, it's it's tough. I'd really like to add one more piece, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough trade market out there. Yeah, I, I sent a few out earlier this week, and they didn't go anywhere. No, uh, same with me. <laughs> I yeah. sent a few out and just playing it straight up rejections. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> oh well, that's that's the price of victory, I guess. Eh? I guess so. People don't want to trade with us because we're in first and second, clearly ahead of everyone else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the first time this year that I'm being shoved into the same category as you. Where people don't want to trade with me. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we had. Uh, it seemed like we had a lot of pretty slow moving games this weekend a lot of low scoring games yeah uh yeah yeah there were i mean the obvious one is the patriots jets game which was uh (laughs) just molasses that was bad worked out well for me in the end because i had the patriots defense and they scored that punt return Mm -hmm. um but yeah that game i uh i basically just flipped back and forth every few minutes like oh still three three okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I really didn't. I actually, well, actually, I had an interesting experience for this week. I went to um, a pub here in Ottawa, where, where I am, and they had, like, all the games on at the same time. Like, it was kind of a Bills pub, so Bills fans go there. But mm. on Malt, they had so many TVs that you could pretty much keep an eye on every game at the 1 o'clock game and the 4.30 games. So I was able to watch the Bills game, but then I watched a good chunk of a lot of the other ones as well, just kind of 
popping around and taking a look. And that game was on a TV and everyone, especially at the end, was so fascinated by the game. The Bills game was done and it was still 3-3. So everyone started watching the Patriots Jets just to see what would happen. And then the big punt return happened. <laughs> yeah, because that, that game had a lot of playoff implications. It put the Jets all the way back into the bottom of the East. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they could have been first if they'd won. Definitely I second. Think, yeah, I think they would have been first if they had won. I mean, yeah, Miami had the week off. Um, yeah. So they'll be back at it next week. But yeah, that it definitely, like, the, the four teams in that division, all their games are meaningful from at like right now like they're all battling for playoff spots i mean if if they keep going along this this road like there's still a chance all four could make the playoffs in that division Hmm. with the three wild card spots and the division leader yeah yeah so that would be interesting i don't know if that's ever happened before um i would assume no because because i think they wouldn't have had enough wild card spots for that to happen and you know that that they yeah that's true there were there wouldn't have been enough wild cards so it's probably never happened and you know that if that does happen that's all the networks will be talking about because they love when they break records first time in history <laughs> first time <laughs> someone on a Thursday night at this temperature facing yeah. this direction threw yeah, for this that. many yards yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they love that they get a little too specific sometimes. Yes, and it's 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 such a record where you're like, I don't even like I don't even understand how someone would know that. Like, there's someone who keeps track of those statistics. Yeah, who, who figured this out? I don't know. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, that was my dream job. I wanted to be a statistician more than anything in the world. I wanted to keep track of stats for sports. Like that was kind of my dream job. Now the internet and automation have kind of taken away a lot of what that would have been, but that was my idea. Like I would have been that guy who was gathering all the stats and giving it to like this TSN or the sports broadcasting. Like that was my, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, that sounds like way too much math for me. And I'm a stats guy for fantasy football, but maybe I'm just spoiled because of the internet. I think the internet kind of eliminated a lot of what those jobs are. Like every, every network still has statisticians and all the people on the broadcast still has people, but all they have to do is look it up. Like they just have to compile it. Most of it's there. Most of it's automatic now. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that clearly someone is gathering all this stuff and the networks just love it. They eat it up no matter what it is. If it's breaking a record, no matter how obscure they want to know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand the those weirdly specific like seventy rushing yards and sixty two passing yards and this many consecutive games and that's the first time ever. It's yeah. It's like why do we care about something so weirdly specific? Because <laughs> they love hot takes. It's the okay. thing. This is the thing. Like we can we can say all we want. You know. Oh, the network, this, they don't understand this. They are doing everything based upon what's going to get clicks. So us, the users, must click on things or pay attention or like the hot takes. Because if they throw out something quick like that, they're doing it because something's telling them. Like They're they're all like you. They're all stats driven. All of it has to do with stats. They basically close their eyes and just do whatever the stats tell them to do. So clearly people like that. They must love headlines that are like record-breaking game and people click on it and read it 
and then it's the most disappointing record. Yeah, some heard. ridiculous record. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we got lots to talk about from this past week, so we'll get into our uh, our review of week eleven. You can find the full article at uh, conqueryourdraft.com. And we'll start with our quarterbacks and our conquerors for this past week. So we had Joe Burrow, Jacoby Brissett, Andy Dalton, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. Yeah, Jimmy G worked out well for you this week. He did, coming in as a backup. <laughs> yeah. <a> game. <laughs> and uh, Daniel Jones uh, started the week last week. He uh, he pulled through thanks to uh, a big rushing touchdown. Yep. Um, some busts at the position. We had Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson, Jared Goff, Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan, Davis Mills, and Colt McCoy. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Disappointing. Yeah. What a terrible game for them. I uh, mean, they got squashed. <laughs> I knew it would be a high scoring game. I just didn't think it would be only one side scoring all the points. I would not, yeah, I would not have guessed three. I mean, I know, like, I think Dallas is a great defense. I think they, they can shut people down when they want to. They, But I would have expected a couple touchdowns uh, out of the Vikings. But nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought they could have at least kept it competitive. But they Dallas jumped out to a lead so fast. I think that kind of really limited... Minnesota's options and then mm-hmm. they were forced to rely on Kirk Cousins and that doesn't always go so well yeah no and he he is the exact like he's the epitome of up and down quarterbacks he can have a great week and then he'll completely put up zero the next time like he just he just doesn't have any consistency. But one thing I will say about Jimmy Garoppolo is even though he doesn't have amazing games every week, when he starts, he gets you 20 points. He's like a much he's, safer he's option. Yeah, yeah, he's very safe. He's not explosive. He's not like Tua or Dak or any of the, well, pretty much any of the quarterbacks that we listed in our top 10 when we did the rankings a couple weeks ago. Any of those have the potential to get you 30, 40 points. Jimmy G is not going to do that, but he's not going to do what Kirk Cousins does. Where, what, what it like seven, <laughs> seven points for Cousins one week, and then 25, and then three, and then 30. Like, he's so inconsistent. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's always been his, his career. But at the end of the year, we'll look back and he'll still be like a top 10, top 12 quarterback because of because those good weeks. Those good weeks are so good that it makes up for it. Yeah. I just think if you have him on your team, he's your, he's got to be your number two quarterback. Like, he can't be the one you rely on. You just put him in matchup-wise when you think he's going to do well. Yeah, and then you just get disappointed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. I also wanted to touch on briefly on Jared Goff because the Lions scored 31 points, and Jared Goff had 6.5 fantasy points. <laughs> well, so. I, mean, I mean, their strength right now is is the, that their running game, first and foremost. Like, they they've got two running backs. Who are excellent. Um, they're an excellent in fantasy and will get you a good amount of points. So that that I think contributes to it. I am a little surprised that in a game that you know they've had such good year offensively, usually he's been right in the middle of that. Yeah, I don't know. It. Uh, I think they've realized the running game is where their strength is, and they're just starting to lean on it, kind of like uh, the Houston Texans. 
Yeah. And Jamal Williams has completely run away with the opportunity. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second there. But uh, it's not looking great for DeAndre Swift managers now because they're kind of praying for a touchdown each week. Yeah, that's pretty much what, with him at least, that's what you got to do. Thankfully, I traded him away. But yeah, he got a <laughs> touchdown last week. But yeah, you're just hoping that he's used. But last two weeks, he scored a touchdown each time. So, I mean, that does help get get him into a range of, well, at least as a flex option, he's all right in there. Um, but yeah, Swift, I thought Swift would have come back from the injury and really gone back to his form that he was in week one and two. But they they like the other guy, right? Like that that every time this happens in the NFL where someone gets hurt and often it's at running back and the running back does so well, they're like, well, now, now we like this other guy. <laughs> now we've got this option. So, well, I've seen some reports that they're not expecting him to be fully healthy this season. Swift. Yeah. And yeah. so it's very possible that for the rest of the season, it's just going to be more of the same right now. And, if he doesn't get a touchdown, you get two fantasy points. So it's mm. definitely a very risky play and definitely shouldn't be more than the flex option, really, because you can't trust him to be your RB1 or 2 each week. Um, but we'll move on to our conquerors. So at running back, we had Tony Pollard, Samaje P. Ryan, Najee Harris, and Jamal Williams, who we just talked about. Um, but Tony Pollard... I know we talked about him last week. Like He's still making a case for why he should be the number one mm-hmm. for that team. Um, yeah, another great week for him. The only thing that's limiting him is his goal line ability because he is a, a much smaller guy compared to Ezekiel Elliott. And so Ezekiel Elliott ended up having two touchdowns this past week as well um, because of that goal line work. Uh, I think Pollard had two different chances to try to score on the goal line, and he got stuffed both times. So they brought Elliott in, and then he punched it in from the one-yard line. So I think Elliott this season will still have a role, but it, it might just be that goal line back. You're hoping for a touchdown like DeAndre Swift. Yeah. yeah. But t- Tony Pollard seems to be the more the more consistent option right now, but... They also did say they were going to take their time with Ezekiel Elliott. So next week it could be completely different and Elliott could be the main guy again because that's who they like. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Um, at busts for running backs, we had Daryl Henderson, James Robinson, and Michael Carter, Dante Foreman, Damian Pierce, Saquon Barkley, Brian Robinson, Miles Sanders, and Cordero Patterson if your league doesn't count kickoff return touchdowns. Because not all leagues do. Our league does. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think I need to go back and make sure that that rule was in place before the matchup it started. It was. You can see in the news feed. You can see yeah. <laughs> if a, a manager makes it. Like if, if someone who's running a league makes a change, it does pop up in there. So you would be able to see. But yes, yeah. thankfully for me and my love of Cordy Pat Pat, that does count as a, as a touchdown. So. 9.9 points for me. I was happy with that. Yeah, I mean, even then, that's still not a great week, but I guess it's better no. than the, the three better points than. or whatever you would have had. Exactly. And and considering the fact that I, I still had a couple people on bye weeks and I didn't have much of an option, I think it was between him, honestly, and Dalvin Cook. And boy, am I glad I didn't put Cook in there. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, he had 72, but still, it was, you know, still more points. For Cordy Pat Pat. I'm I'm not sure if Patterson is gonna be what I had hoped uh, when I picked him up. 
<laughs> but no, it they, doesn't seem that way. Week. No, they're yeah. still putting all three in. I don't understand it, but yeah, I, I think he's just going to get limited because they're limiting how many times he gets the ball. Mm. And uh, I did not think Saquon Barkley's name was going to be in the bus category this week. Uh, going up against the Detroit Lions defense. No, that was a disappointing performance out of out of really I the entire Giants team. I really think, um, but definitely Saquon. I would have expected it, you know that game could have been high scoring with him having a couple touchdowns. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, I well, I had him as a start for the week. I expected him to have a great game. He's he's done much better against much harder opponents, mm-hmm. but. Oh, well, that's that's how fantasy goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, wide receiver conquerors for the week. Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, Demarcus Robinson, Chris Olave, Debo Samuel, and Joshua Palmer. So I want to talk to the Broncos fans, or maybe just the Broncos themselves here. <laughs> because how do you leave one of the best wide receivers in the NFL so egregiously wide open in overtime. Mm. Like the next closest defender was 15, 20 yards away from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is Devonte Adams. Yeah. You know, he's catching that ball. You know, they're throwing it to him. Yeah. It watching that live. I, I was just blown away. I was like, what happened? But, uh, it ended up to, I mean, Adams was already having a good game ahead of that. And that big touchdown in overtime just, made him uh, one of the top wide receivers for the week. Yeah, but. it's um it's this is the thing. I just at the end of the day, I don't think the they're a very good team. The Broncos, you mean? Yeah, the Broncos. Yes, sorry, the Broncos. Um they're just they're not good. <laughs> like as much as as much as they they, you know, I think have and continue to have some talent on the team. I don't think they're well coached. And I don't think they're a particularly good team. So you see these mistakes happen. This is not the first time. So, now, I will say their defense is a very strong defense. Mm-hmm. So so I'm kind of surprised that that happened. Um, but but you're right. There, There's a lot of just fundamental issues going on there across the board. And when your defense is on the field for that long, even the best defense is going to start making mistakes because they're exhausted. They're not getting a break because your offense isn't staying out on the field. Mm. yeah true and yeah i mean well we can look back towards the start of the year with all the coaching craziness that was going on there and the timeouts <laughs> yeah. and the no timeouts and time out, no timeout timeout yeah <laughs> yeah denver's just a mess and they they're committed to russell wilson now for a while so yep i don't i don't know what's gonna shake out there that's your guy yeah uh for busts we got chase claypool the entire jets wide receiving core the entire Vikings wide receiver core, DJ Moore and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, Vikings and Jets just offensively, just a terrible week. If you had players on those teams, you're you're not in great position. I don't know what they're what's going to happen with the Jets here. Like ever since Wilson came back at quarterback, it's just not been it's not been clicking week after week. Well, don't you worry, Mike. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I still, I mean, I have the Jets defense, so I'm pretty happy with that because their defense is solid. Like Their defense young, is very solid, yes. Yeah. But their that offense has got to figure itself out. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, we'll move on to tight ends, and then we'll go on to some news from this past weekend. So at Conquerors for the tight end position, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Pat Fryermuth, Dawson Knox, Juwan Johnson, Mark Andrews, and Logan Thomas. Travis Kelsey is an animal. Absolute beast. I mean, watching that game, and I, I was working on, I was well, I was actually typing up, uh, typing up the review article, so I was kind of only half paying attention, but I kept looking up, and then I'd see Patrick Mahomes through a touchdown. I'm like, oh, okay. And every single time, it seemed, Travis Kelsey. I, I can't believe what he's able to do. As a human that is that big and at the tight end position, and just how open he's able to get and how he's able to get away from defenders as easily as he does, it's just beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, some busts at the tight end position. We had Jack Stoll, Mo Ali Cox, Hunter Henry, Tyler Conklin, and David Njoku. Um, Njoku was coming back from his injury. I don't imagine he was really playing at full full strength, and they were probably being a little cautious with him because they know how important he is to their passing game. Yeah. Um, he only had two receptions for 17 yards. I think he only had four targets or something like that on the week, so... I wouldn't be too concerned um, if you have Njoku on your team. I think it's going to improve from there as he kind of gets more back into the rhythm of, of playing and can trust uh, trust that the injury is not going to repeat itself. But we'll move on to our uh, on to some news from this past week, and we'll start with the Jets since you were just talking about it. So Zach Wilson has been benched for Week 12. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, so are they going back to Flacco? I believe they're going with Mike White. Who is Mike White? <laughs> Mike White. Uh, well, actually, sorry, I'm just pulling up. A, I had seen yeah. that Mike White was the guy that they were going to because they had him ahead of the Jets, ahead of uh, Flacco on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. But I guess they haven't officially declared who's uh, who's going to be the starter. Okay. Because wasn't Flacco having a good start with them when Wilson was hurt? Like, I thought Flacco was the one that kind of came in and was doing all right. Yeah. He old, he, but. They uh, they won, I think, most of their games with Flacco at the uh, at the starting quarterback position because uh, he was just throwing the ball so many times. Remember That, that was back when they were throwing the, the ball like 50 times a game. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't, I don't see anything yet on which way they want to, uh, on which way they want to go with it. Mike White started three games last season for them, and then they brought in. Uh, well, they had Zach Wilson, and they brought in Joe Flacco as well. He started three games at the start of this season, so they've both gone started three games in the past year or so for the Jets. So it could go either way. I think. Yeah. I think going back to Joe Flacco with how well things went at the start of the season for them makes the most sense, but he's also getting up there in age, so maybe they want to look towards Mike White, who's a fair bit younger. Yeah, no, I think that that's that's fair. That's understandable with the age. Um, Again, if it was working for you this year at the beginning of the year, you might want to at least give it a chance, but yeah, that's a tough situation for the Jets. Because with their defense being so good, if they can just get their offense moving, they they would be a playoff team. But they're starting to slowly come apart. 
Well, did you see the uh, the controversy about Zach Wilson and his post game comments? No, I didn't. So basically, the reporters asked him, you know, like, do, do you feel like you let the you and the offense let the your defense down with only putting up three points? And basically, his I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but basically, his response was like, no, 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 that wasn't our fault. <laughs> So obviously that went over well. Well, no one um, else can score points, but yeah. Like, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like when you're the quarterback, you're the leader of the team. Like even if you still had a good game, like it's on you to just say, you know what? I need to be better. I need to score more points. Uh, you know, like it's my job to lead the team. When you only put up three points, like your instinct should just be like, yeah, we messed up. Like we got to do better than that. Yeah, and I feel like you also could, you can still be complimentary of your opponent. You can say like, well, you know, they played us well, but it's on us to make better adjustments and to exactly. figure out a way to do, like, you know what I mean? You can still compliment your opponent if that's what you want to do, but you should still take some responsibility of being like, I thought we had a good game, but we couldn't get execute. We couldn't get it done. We couldn't score in the red zone. Those are things we have to fix. Um, I don't even know how many times they were in the red zone uh, in the game. I, I don't I even think- know if they were. I, um, no, you're right. Cause the field goal was a little longer. So yeah, no, I don't think they were. Yeah. yeah they so that's averaged. on you. Like that's on the offense to get there. You got to get, you got to get down to the red zone to score for the most part. <laughs> well, I saw a stat in the second half of that game. They averaged, I think it was 2.6 inches per play. Hmm. That's so. <laughs> I don't know how you don't say that's not my fault yeah, when it's, it's no good. You're literally just moving the football like less than half of the length of the football. Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> absolutely nothing. Like I'm pretty sure without any equipment on, by accident, one of us could move the ball the length of the football by like yeah. falling forward. You know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> If you ran a QB sneak every single play, you probably would have generated more yards. More yards than they did. Wow, that's that's what a stat. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You got to take more responsibility. Yeah, well, he didn't. So now he's benched. And uh, joining him on the bench is uh, Baker Mayfield. That doesn't surprise me. No, uh, it doesn't surprise me either. So now it's Sam Darnold's turn up a bat. And I don't expect that to go any any better. They're going to have to make, they're going to have to reassess in the offseason. They're going to have to <laughs> try to find a quarterback. Hey, I was so optimistic about Mayfield going to Carolina. They had Christian McCafferty at the time. I thought, hey, sometimes quarterbacks get a big bump when they change teams, get into a new system, finally clicks for them. They finally get going. He was never, like, I didn't think he was awful in Cleveland. He just wasn't what they felt they needed to kind of get over the hump. And I think <laughs> I think it's proven that that team's a little more talented in terms of how well, like, Jacoby Brissett's played there. So I think Mayfield's a fine quarterback, but he has done nothing for them this year. This has been a disaster for the Panthers. Um, trading William Cafferty obviously uh, proved that, but they're going to have to make some big decisions in the offseason to find another quarterback. Yeah, because I don't think Mayfield or Darnold really are your answer long term. No, and, and maybe as maybe as a backup quarterback, someone like Darnold's fine, but it, they're not your long term answers, unfortunately. No, definitely not. Uh, and another team that's trying to sort out what their answer for quarterback this year is uh, 
the New Orleans Saints, they're looking at getting Taysom Hill more involved at the QB position. I mean, it's certainly about time that they finally start using Hill, who's an extremely talented offensive player. Well, I tell you what, Mike, um, the New Orleans Saints have a vested interest in our fantasy football league. So they were just waiting for you to get rid of Taysom Hill. And they're like, okay. That's what you notice that trend. Whenever I move on from a player, the players now, oh, they're now our starter and MVP. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. The NFL has a vested interest in the Shepherd Home Football League. Don't you worry. Exactly. So we'll see how that pans out for him and what controversies arise out of basically having a quarterback at your tight end position. Yeah. I mean, it can, it will be interesting because uh, not just obviously for fantasy, but for the team itself, because he he is a multifaceted guy. He can throw, he can run, he can catch. Like, I feel like they're going to, they can do a lot of different plays when they bring him in at quarterback. So for fantasy owners, having him, he he might be able to score points in five or six different ways. He Honestly, he's one of those players who can do so many different things, but for whatever reason, he's been underutilized. So if you have him in fantasy, this is the time to play him, especially if he does stay in the tight end position. Like there's, It's a risk, but unless you have one of the five or six best tight ends in the league, take the risk. And play Taysom Hill because he might score a, a passing touchdown and then a rushing touchdown and might do multiple things. So you never know. Yep. And uh, he's free from Mike's team now, so he should be doing a lot more than he was before. Don't you yeah. guys worry. Yeah. Well, what the player I got for him in a deal actually had an okay week last week, despite uh, your feelings uh, about him because he did score a touchdown. But I moved on from him because I got TJ Hawkinson and I felt like I could get some sort of value for Hill. Um, so I just moved on from him because I didn't think he was going to do well. And here he is. He's now going to be uh, the champion of the league. He will win the MVP in the final half of the season. and He'll be amazing. Yeah. Um, and Josh Allen is, uh, turns out, not invincible. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if that injury to his arm is actually maybe hurting him a bit more than the team wants to let on. He had a pretty disappointing performance in week uh, week 11. He did get a wide open touchdown pass to Diggs, but outside of that there wasn't much going on for him. It was a pretty, no. pretty bad game in terms of passing. No, yeah, it definitely wasn't a great game in terms of passing, and even the touchdown he threw to Diggs it uh, it didn't look that good on his standpoint. Like he, he no, he fell in, over. He fell over, and he put it. You could tell he put like every his whole body behind throwing it. Like I just don't think he had the power. Um, and it wasn't a great throw. So I definitely think that there could be an injury there. Again, unfortunately, that this podcast comes out the day after the Thursday nighter, so we won't know how that goes. But with a short week, it's that's going to be a, a real interesting week for the Bills because Thursday games are notorious for not being a high scoring to begin with. And there's three of them because of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Something to just keep an eye on if you have Allen on your team. Um, Matthew Stafford and Joe Mixon got concussions this past week. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to be out, I would say, for this week's matchups. Yeah. Clyde Edwards-Alaire left with a, uh, a hip injury, so just further solidifying Isaiah Pacheco's place as a the lead running back. Um, yeah. He looked he looked good against the Chargers. He broke 100 yards. Um, Kyle Pitts, his season, unfortunately, is now over. 
That's an unfortunate, uh, yeah, injury for him. Yeah, I I don't know if that's really going to help out Drake London in terms of fantasy because he's now there, literally the only guy left. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they still insist on throwing the ball, so maybe Cordell Patterson will get involved more in the passing game. Who knows? Be nice. <laughs> Would <Yeah>. be nice. <laughs> Wandale Robinson's. Uh, season is over as well. He tore his ACL for the Giants. Um, we had recommended picking up Darius Slayton a few weeks ago, and we had him on the waiver wire again this week in the event he was still available in your league. But he's pretty much the last man standing too because they lost Sterling Shepard and Wandale Robinson now. So Daniel Jones has to throw the ball to somebody, and Darius Slayton is a pretty good deep threat. So keep an eye out in your league. Make sure that he hasn't been dropped over it or nobody's picked him up and he's still sitting on your waiver wire. And we had a couple of running backs get released this past week. So Melvin Gordon released from the Denver Broncos. And I don't understand the timing of that because it also came out shortly after that Chase Edmonds is probably going to be out for a few weeks with a high ankle sprain. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael Boone is still on the IR, I believe. So really it's just Latavius Murray and I think Marlon Mack. Is Marlon Mack on the Broncos? I think he was on their practice roster. Wow. So now I would assume he's their running back too until someone two. comes back. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but I don't understand why you're going to let Gordon go. Like, I understand if, if you believe that there is no future there and letting him go, but why do it when everyone is injured? Why not at least keep him to tide you over until you get some players back and then, okay, look, we're, we're done now. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I don't know the, the timing of that just seems so strange. And then another one that kind of confused me was Daryl Henderson jr. Was released. I can't for the life of me understand what they're doing. In, I mean, in LA. what a one eighty from, what was it? Three weeks ago, cam Akers was benched and they were trying to unload him. Mm-hmm. And now he's their, main guy because they got rid of the other guy yeah i mean they've they've just got cam Akers. like unless there's something behind the scenes we don't know about that decision doesn't make any sense to me no and it's not like you know they benched cam Akers. they had their little argument he came back and he was lights out like he's motivated he's doing good like the running game has still been terrible so i don't think you're any better off with cam Akers over daryl henderson i i really don't understand what they uh what they want to do. Uh, it's a dangerous situation for fantasy football, so be, be careful if you have Cam Akers on your team, I guess. Yeah, definitely. But uh, that's it for the no- notable news from, from week 11. So I've got a little exercise for us, Josh. All right. Um, this is going to be very quick, and it is off the cusp, so it's okay if it's a little uh, random because I didn't give you time to prepare, but that was the point. So because our <laughs> podcast comes out on Friday and we're yeah. going to have a big Thursday night and there might be some big news coming out Thursday, I have four things that we're going to quickly do. We're going okay. to, uh, each of us are going to select one thing that we believe is going to happen in each of the three Thursday night games, but we'll say it as if it's it, it's actually happened because this is the day, before, the day after. So we're going to be so confident. We're going to say that something <laughs> happened like like Josh Allen left the Lions game with an injury. Like we'll say it as if we're very confident that this is what happened. And we're going to select who Odell Beckham Jr. signs with because it's expected he's going to make an announcement potentially on Thanksgiving Day. 
All right. So, so those are the four things we're going to do. So for each of the games, and we can start with the Bills-Lions game, and we'll go through them in order, and then we'll do the Odell Beckham. But we've got to say it with confidence that this is the thing that happened. All right. Um, so I'm going to go first for the Bills and the Lions. Okay? So quite confidently, um, we're, we'll do it, and we'll do it as if we, we watched it. So hey, uh, Josh, those games last night, they wow, they, that was an exciting game. And uh, I'm, I was really excited by the fact that the Bills and Lions game broke with the tradition of Thursday night football. And we saw over 50 points scored in that game. Wasn't that crazy? You know, I, I, I do think that is crazy because Josh Allen still somehow managed to have a terrible fantasy week coming <laughs> off a short week. Yeah. You know, but we've seen that lately. Uh, teams win games big and their quarterbacks still score a few points. So, you know, Josh Allen just needed a, a night off and they let Devin yeah. Singletary carry the load. Yeah, there you go. It was a crazy scoring game and Josh Allen didn't do well. Um, okay, so in the Giants-Cowboys game, uh, I got to tell you, the Cowboys, what a game for them. They did it again. They shut the Giants down, and the Giants didn't score more than seven points in that game. I couldn't believe it. For the second week in a row, the Cowboys held a team from getting a touchdown. Yeah, well, their defense is pretty good, Mike. And uh, Dak Prescott has been uh, fired up. He's been looking better each and every week, and I'm glad that he uh, renewed his connection with C.D. Lamb for two touchdowns this week. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Uh, okay, Patriots Vikings. What a what a, a way to end Thanksgiving in America once again. You know the the spotlights being on Kirk Cousins, and yet he went against his trend. And the spotlight of Thursday night on Thanksgiving didn't bother him. And Kirk Cousins scored three touchdowns yesterday. That was a crazy game. Yeah, it was crazy. I'm glad he was able to overcome those two interceptions as well and uh, (laughs) still turn it around for fantasy. And the Vikings just barely squeaked out uh, a win over the Patriots. There you go. That's uh, that's our recap of Thursday night games or Thursday games. And hopefully, uh, I'm sure we were right on one of those. (laughs) Law of probability. We just said six things. One of them's got to be true. If if any of those pan out to be 100% accurate. I'm going to lose it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to buy so, a lottery ticket. So lastly, we do have to comment on the big news yesterday, which was Odell Beckham Jr. has finally signed. Now, you and I have heard two different places. So where did you hear that Odell Beckham Jr. ended up signing yesterday? He signed with the winner of the New York Giants Dallas Cowboys game. Like that's who I heard he that's signed what, with. He waited to see who won. He did. Yep. He said, "I'm going to one of these two teams. Fight for me," and they did. Um, well, there you go. That's <laughs> so you just picked either the, the the two likely teams, whoever won. Listen, and the team that won was the Cowboys, and that's who he signed with. Because why would he sign with someone like Danny Dimes? Odell Beckham Jr. is an absolute, you know, uh, diva. He's going to go with the best quarterback, the best chance to win. He doesn't care about CeeDee Lamb being there. He thinks CeeDee Lamb isn't as good as him. He will take try to take that number one receiver spot no matter where he goes. So, yeah, it was, it was the team that won because it was the Cowboys. So there you go. That's our predictions uh, as to what happened yesterday. We'll see next week if we were right on any of those. <laughs> yeah. Now, it is an interesting thing with Dallas and New York. They have the same record. So mm-hmm. whoever wins that is 
much closer to playoff contention and the, the loser is very much in the opposite position. It's so, true. It's true. And both of them could certainly use him. So oh, I, I don't think it's too far fetched that he goes with the, the winner of that game because that's the more likely playoff contender and he wants to win, right? Yeah, I don't think it's far fetched either. I would just think he would look at the teams too and, and really think that Dallas is the better choice. Like I as much as the Giants have continued to surprise me, I still think they're one of those teams that could have a great record and then just get absolutely destroyed in the playoffs by someone like that. Oh, ab- absolutely. I, I've been that saying team. that all season. I don't understand <laughs> how they have the record they do. No, but, but I, I see what you're saying. Like I, and the, it is interesting that this announcement is expected on Thanksgiving day. And those I think, two teams uh, are playing each other. <laughs> yeah. I think he's just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that's it for uh, our hypothetical thought exercise for you to listen to over the American Thanksgiving weekend. Um, we'll move on to our week 12 starts and sits for the week. So again, you can find the full article at conqueryourdraft.com. Um, so for week 12 at the quarterback position, only two uh, quarterbacks listed as starts this week, and those were Geno Smith and Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, and just to remind people, we obviously are not talking and including the Thursday nighter games because this that's podcast correct. comes out on Friday. Yeah, so that's yeah. the list might be a little shorter than you're used to because, well, instead of one game, which is two teams that are eliminated, six teams are eliminated for three games. So um, why don't you talk to us about uh, good old Ryan Tannehill, who I believe has taken some some pain and flack from you in the past. But now he's a start, so I want to hear your thoughts on Tannehill. Well, Ryan Tannehill over the past two weeks has actually been pretty good for fantasy. Um, I don't know if he just needed to get hurt and take some time off and give his head a shake. I don't know. But Ryan Tannehill from the start of the season versus now, he's much more consistent. Like at, back in uh, weeks one through, I think, seven, he only broke 20 points once. He hasn't been below 20 points since coming back. Um, he actually hasn't been below 23 points since coming back from this injury. And they're going up against the Bengals, so they're going to need to put points on the board because Joe Burrow is going to throw all over them, especially right. if Joe Mixon is gone. Um, he'll use some AJP Ryan in the game. The Titans have a terrible secondary. They're good at stopping the run, but they get beaten in the passing game all the time so joe burrow is going to have a field day throwing against them and i expect derrick henry will have a good game but they're going to need to throw just in terms of clock management and keeping up and the Bengals have a good defense but not an impossible defense either it ryan Tannehill will have to work for it but he should be able to put points up on the board he's got Traylon burks back he has uh, Austin Hooper, he seemed to develop a little bit of connection with over the past two weeks. Uh, Robert Woods is just, you know, out there just doing laps. I don't know what he's doing, but he's out there. Uh, so he has, a, I don't know, like the the guy's just there. I don't understand. But uh, he has all his weapons back and uh, Traylon Burks looked really good last week. So if he can keep up that connection, then it could be a big week for Traylon Burks as well. Yeah. We're, we'll talk about We'll list him in a bit, too. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, at running backs, I've got Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, and both Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert. Well, I guess, you know, 
my my instinct was to let's let's always talk about the Packers when we can, but let's give the Packers a break. Um, <laughs> Jeff Wilson, Raheem Moster, um, Miami. What are you seeing there? So this week they're going up against the Houston Texans, who still have one of the worst run defenses in the league. Um, so last week the Commanders actually didn't really manage to do much with it, but that game just was slow moving. Nothing was really happening. A lot of short drives. So the backfield committee and for the commanders between Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson didn't really work out for a big fantasy day. Hmm. But now we've got a much more high-powered offense in the Miami Dolphins. They're going to be able to score points on them. And eventually, whether they just run on them or it gets to the point that they have such a big lead that all they're doing is running, both Wilson and Raheem Mostert are going to be involved in the game. And I don't think it's out of the question for both of them to score a touchdown this week. Um, be- just because of how Miami has been using them both. And I think as the game goes on and the points start racking up, I think we'll probably see Wilson Jr. being used less and Raheem Mostert used more. Um, and then quite possibly a third string running back used after that. But they both have a very good opportunity this week against the Houston Texans run defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at wide receiver, we have T. Higgins, George Pickens, and Traylon Burks. Well, you got to talk about Burks because you already kind of were half going to say something. So you might as well finish the thought on what's going on with the Titans this week. Might as well. So basically, just picking up where we went off uh, last week, he looked great. He can hopefully start to cement himself as the top option for Tannehill. He kind of started doing that before he got hurt. And since then, they've had someone different leading uh, leading the team with passing yards and targets each week. So it's been just a roll of the dice each week as to who was gonna who was gonna be the guy that week in terms of fantasy. So hopefully, Traylon Burks can continue his momentum from last week. Like I already said, the the uh, Bengals are gonna be putting points up, so the Titans are gonna have to throw it. And uh, hopefully, he can I guess pan out on everyone who took that late round draft pick on him. Yeah. In crunch time as we head into the fantasy football playoffs. Yeah. So for tight end, we've got Cole Komet, Juwan Johnson, and Tyler Higby. Well, talk to me about Johnson. Uh, mainly because I have him. Mainly because he's on your, your fantasy <laughs> he's football on, team. He's on my team. And I wasn't going to play him, but maybe you can convince me. <laughs> maybe. So over the past five weeks, Johnson has five touchdowns. And I mean, it's hard to trust somebody who has those numbers, I mean, anywhere, but let alone at the tight end spot when options are so limited there. Mm-hmm. They have a brutal matchup against the Saints. Yeah. Um, and I genuinely don't know who's going to be at quarterback. If it's still Andy Dalton, if it's going to be half Dalton, half Taysom Hill. Yeah. Jameis Winston might pop in out of nowhere. Who knows? Um, but it seems that Johnson has a pretty consistent role in that offense, especially in the red zone, where he's just such a massive target. Um, I think Chris Olave is still going to take a lot more targets than him, but it does seem that he has a consistent role in getting a pass in the red zone and five weeks, five touchdowns. I mean, yeah, maybe it's the hot hand fallacy and it's all going to go off the wheels this week, but maybe he makes it six and six. It, it, that, to me, that's a very interesting matchup between like the saints and 49ers. And I know we don't usually get into matchups like specific, but just, in terms of what you're saying, are you predicting a, a higher scoring game? Like, do you think New Orleans can keep up? 
with with San Francisco who've been able to put up some points recently? Um, well, I'll put it this way. I, I think it's going to be a closer game than the 49ers-Cardinals game was. Right, right. Because I think the Saints have a better defense than the Cardinals do, and they they do have the ability to score points. I mean, like, they put up 27 points against the Rams and, and won that game. Mm-hmm. And despite what's going on with the Rams' offense, they still have a pretty decent defense. So I, I, I don't imagine by any means that New Orleans will win this game, but I also don't think they're going to get blown out either. So I think they should be able to get a, a touchdown or two. Um, and then really it's just a rule of the dice. Is it going to be Kamara, Hill, Johnson, Olave? Who's who's going to punch it in, basically? It's tough. I, with these early Thursday games, i got to make this decision early because my other tight end's playing on Thursday, so... I've got to make this decision real early. Yeah, I mean, you don't have a great matchup at tight end either way you look at it. Hawkinson versus the Patriots or Juwan versus the 49ers. That's bad either way. I'm always very, um, I'm very worried about Kirk Cousins in any, in any kind of primetime situation, despite what obviously happened last night where he scored three touchdowns, but his prime time numbers are not good. So it's a tough one. Well, if you want stats to make you feel better, um, the Patriots are the 25th ranked team versus tight ends. Yeah. And the 49ers are the fifth ranked team against tight ends. Mm. That being said, the Patriots numbers are a bit skewed because of that insane week that Mark Andrews had. Yeah. So, I don't think they're truthfully at 25. I think they're probably closer to the 10 mark, but mm. statistically the 49ers are a much tougher matchup. So do with that as you will. I will. You also have to count on Kirk Cousins throwing Hawkins in the ball. So who knows how that's going to go. <laughs> I'm much and, happier with Kirk Cousins at a one o'clock or four o'clock game on a Sunday than at any other time. I'm more inclined to play. So how about Thursday night football, Kirk Cousins? No, no, that's the thing. I'm not not super positive. (laughs) I'm not, even though my prediction in our little section there was that he finally breaks the mold. I'm not confident in that. Like, I'm just not. He has not proven he has ability. I would love to look at his primetime stats. They're not great. But now, hang on. It's Thursday night football, so primetime football. But it's also Thanksgiving football. So is this like... Two wrongs make a right. Like negative. I think he's crying at the sidelines <laughs> at the end of the first quarter. Because <laughs> he's throwing two interceptions and doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe two negatives make a positive here. Who knows? I don't even think he shows up. He doesn't even show up. <laughs> he just sits on the plane. Says, yeah, oh, he's like, I'm not co- I'm not going. I'm not playing in this game. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll move on to the sits. Uh, so at quarterback, uh, Sam Darnold. Marcus Mariota, Aaron Rodgers, just right. <laughs> yeah, that's right, nipples. Um, <laughs> all right, talk to me about Aaron Rodgers. Why are we sitting him this week? Obviously, why are we sitting old nipples McGee? Uh, well, that's because uh, the Packers are going up against the Eagles, Mike. The Eagles' defense. I don't know if you've uh, been paying attention. They're they're pretty good. Uh, oh yeah, solid defense. Aaron Rodgers has not been. Um, so so they've been a terrible matchup for every quarterback that's gone up against them. If, if this was a vintage Rogers, like 
he has been in the past. I would say this is probably the would be one of the games of the week, like an amazing game. But uh, Rodgers is not his usual self this season. Uh, I don't imagine he's going to have a good game in this matchup, uh, even with the, I guess, new connection he's developed with Christian Watson. Um, I The defense is just so good. Mm-hmm. And their, their one weak spot is against the run game, so I think that's where the Packers are going to focus their energy this week rather than... Rather than have to try to trust that Rodgers is going to beat them through the air. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to running backs. We've got Travis Etienne Jr., Cordero Patterson, and David Montgomery. Um, well, we've already kind of talked about Cordero Patterson. Um, so I feel like uh, it would be nice to kind of get a David Montgomery update here. Because we haven't really talked too much about the Bears. So what do you see in there? Yeah, you just want to keep the good vibes rolling for Cordy Pat Pat, don't well, you? Well, I think we've already talked about him. I think we already understand where you feel. I'm not starting him this week, so that's fine by me. I don't need to hear more. Um, I think people want to hear about the Bears. <laughs> we All haven't right. mentioned them once this week. We haven't mentioned the Bears one time. <laughs> All right. So, um, well, I, I guess the most important thing is heading into this weekend, keep an eye on Justin Fields because he did leave the last game – uh, with a shoulder injury on his non-throwing arm. And I don't know if uh, they've exactly identified what has happened with him. I'm, uh, yeah, the most recent report still, so we're, we're filming this on uh, Wednesday. And as of Wednesday right now, at the time of this recording, there's still conflicting reports about what exactly has happened to his shoulder. Um <laughs> And I mean, we're we're looking at a range of outcomes from day to day to could be season ending just because of how late we are in the season. So I'm thinking it's probably on the more day to day side of things, because usually when it's a lot worse, we hear more about that pretty much right away. So I think that they're still trying to sort out exactly what it is leads me to believe that it's not a major issue and it's something that maybe he misses a week, maybe two, but like by no means is he gone for the season. So keep an eye on that as we approach the weekend and uh, what his status is, because he has been the key to unlocking the Bears offense this uh, so far this season, and especially his ability to run. So mm-hmm. if Justin Fields is not able to run, then the entire offense basically takes a step backwards, and we're going to go back to what the Bears were like earlier this season, which is giving David Montgomery the ball a million times and then nothing's still happening because they're one-dimensional. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Justin Fields still can't throw the ball. That has not changed. He has been great for fantasy because he's running. Um, and so if he is no longer a running threat, then Montgomery is the sole running threat because Herbert is gone. And despite the huge volume that presents for him, he struggled to do much of anything with it earlier in the season. And this week they're going up against the Jets, which are a very tough defense, especially against the running back this year. So if if Fields is not going to be at full strength and they're relying on just Montgomery to run the ball, he's going to have a very tough time doing it against the Jets, who I think could keep the Bears from scoring very many points this week. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. Uh, at wide receiver, we've got DJ Moore, Drake London, and Greg Dortch. I think you've explained kind of Drake London 
Um, again, like we've talked about with Kyle Pitts' injuries. So talk about DJ Moore. He's kind of been on and off your list week to week. So what are you seeing this week, especially with no Mayfield? Well, he, he had that one big game against uh, Atlanta. Since then, it's been all downhill again, just going along with what the, uh, the Panthers' offense has looked like. I don't think that Darnold in his first – I mean, maybe Darnold will tar- hyper-target DJ Moore. He is their best receiver, but they're going up against the Broncos, who we already talked about. They are a tough defense, mm-hmm. and that's not a good position for Sam Darnold to be in. So I don't think it's going to pan out very well for DJ Moore. So he hasn't broken seven PPR points in the past three weeks. So I, I just don't see the Broncos with Sam Darnold making his first start. I believe it's his first start on the season to be the game that he breaks out of that slump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and real quick, because we're starting to run out of time, we'll go over the tight ends. Uh, Tyler Conklin, Austin Hooper, and Greg Dulcich. Okay, let's talk about Austin Hooper. So he seems to have developed a bit of a connection with Ryan Tannehill, but uh, the only time that he's had an actual big game out of it was this past Thursday night football in week 11. And I just don't think it's a very smart bet to chase those points. Um, They will have to pass plenty in this game, so it is very possible that he will get some volume. But I just think that there are much better and more consistent streaming options out there because let's face it, if you're playing Austin Hooper, you're probably changing tight ends every week at this point, just trying to find a matchup. I think you can find a better option this week than, uh, than Austin Hooper. Fair enough. We made it. We did it. (laughs) We did it. We made it. That's uh, that is it for week 12 starts and sits Um, to all of our American listeners. Hope you guys enjoy, uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend. I'm uh, going to buy an insane amount of lottery tickets if any of our predictions turned out to be right regarding Thursday night football. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving, Americans. Yeah. If you guys have any questions that you'd like answered on the show, don't forget to reach out to us through social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Conquer Your Draft. Uh, You can go to our website. There's a form that you can fill out on our podcast page, or you can email us directly at uh, contact at conqueryourdraft.com. Uh, don't forget to go to the website, conqueredraft.com, and read the full Start Sits article and uh, an explanation why for everyone. And uh, there'll also be a review of the uh, Thursday night football games that comes out every Friday, usually around uh, 10.30, 11-ish Friday mornings. So, all right, guys, take care. Good luck with your matchups this week.